Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Relationships and friendships. And if I can just take a moment to say that um, it was about probably three, four years ago that when I took a, a, a role for church planting, I really didn't know what I was doing. I had a burden, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I knew we needed to get around some people who knew what they were doing, had experience with it, and possibly who may be able to help me and encourage me. And uh, I reached out to Pastor Michael and the the team uh, at ARC, and he'll tell his own story about ARC for for a moment. I want to say this man has been so generous, so encouraging, so helpful to your pastor. There's been times when I haven't known what to do in terms of church planting. I've come off a Skype call and I've known exactly what I've needed to do. And uh, so, you know, over this time, we, we, we had the joy of going over to Birmingham, Alabama. I've got to keep doing it, okay? I'm, I'm practicing, guys. Is that all right? I'm practicing. Bob Ty's looking at me. What is he on about? Okay. But we went over there and they was very kind with us. We had supper with them. And, and uh, so when I knew that they wanted to see real England, not London, real England. Now, now you're all Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire. Okay. And uh, so they've come and we've had a wonderful time with them. They went to see Chatsworth yesterday and lots of different things. They had a day with Phil and Sharon. And uh, so Pastor Michael is going to be sharing the word. He's the global director for ARC, uh, which is a church planting uh, movement uh, spreading across, across the world. And we are so, so thrilled, privileged and delighted. So I wonder, there's no welcome like Ilkeston. I will say that when I'm in Mansfield as well later, but there's no welcome like Arena Church welcome. So I wonder if we can put our hands together, show appreciation. Hey, it is absolutely great to be with you guys today. Stacy and I love coming to uh, to England. Uh, we always learn good words, uh, words that we're not using like we should. We don't talk about the bonnet and the boot. And uh, this morning I learned about trolley. We would just go say, hey, do you get a shopping cart? Would you guys say trolley? Um, a proper biscuit? And uh, uh, tea does not mean cold, sweet tea like it is in the South, but uh There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so, uh, and we, we love the word lovely. You guys use that so nicely. And so, uh, anyway, if my wife would start thinking of me in terms of lovely, it would be great. So, uh, no, nah, I'm joking. Uh, but I... I um, I've been married to Stacy 22 years, and uh, we're kind of in that middle range. For, for you uh, young birds, that's like ancient, and you know, 22 is massive, and then for those of you who have lived a long time, you know, it's not up there around the 40 to 50 year mark, but we've had a great marriage. One of the things I've, I've learned in the last few years, even more, I think, as I've gone along, and this might be a little helpful in to some of you guys that are married, but... Uh, you know, you spend a lot of time in marriage just, you know, navigating the issues of life. And, 
And so it's good. It's, we, we have a little, uh, we call it a chimney, a little uh, fire pit, uh, you know, off of our back porch. And we'll put a little log on, on in the evenings, put some music on. And, uh, and I'll say, so what are you dreaming about? What's on your mind? And you know, uh, for, for you guys, uh, her answer in the moment is not the final answer. It's the beginning of the processing, but it's good. And so uh, sometimes it's like peeling an onion. Sometimes there's more. and the, It's really that, not an onion. That's a bad, uh, <laughs> bad example. But it is, it's, it's, it's been really great to just see the, the depth of what God has put in her heart. And so a lot of times we get so engaged in the busyness of life. And so when someone asks us to, hey, what's, what's in your heart? Well, I don't know. I haven't been asked that question in a long time. Okay, let me think about that. And so we've just really had a, a great time of just freshly discovering one another. And so you might, you might try that a little bit at home if you haven't. Um, I love your pastor and, uh, and Caroline. And uh, what a great family. You know, there's, there's several words when I think of, and I think these, uh, this is why I know you have a great pastor. Number one, he's got a great family. He loves his family. Uh, he is impassioned about what God is doing in the earth. There's a call on his life that means there's a call on, your, on, on the church. He loves seeing churches started. And I believe that's a hope for, uh, for Great Britain. I really do. And, uh, and that, that, that call filters down to you as well. Uh, there is a consistency. Uh, you know, when I talk with him... Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't speak of anything besides right here. His heart is. He's just as firmly planted in the house of the Lord. And I'll tell you the other thing that I think is very healthy is he's got great friends. He's got me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm picking. <laughs> but he. He really. He has friends all over the world, and he has friends here as well. And that makes for a healthy pastor. I'm amazed at how many pastors get very isolated and, and, and they don't have other voices. And so he's a learner and he's always gleaning and he's got, uh, he's got uh, just some great friends. So I have a deep admiration for uh, pastor Christian and we use that word pastor a good bit in, in America, uh, especially in, in a sense, in a, in a setting like this, it's just a way that we honor, but at the same time, uh, he don't. He and I don't walk around each other and say, "Pastor, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor." We're friends, but from a but from a, a positional standpoint, he is a pastor in the house, and and I deeply uh, love he and his wife, and so so grateful. So thank you for this opportunity. I'll say just a few words real quick about Ark. Uh, Ark was started uh, 17 years ago, and a group of guys got together and said, you know, they just were looking at the. The climate in America. Now, none of this is going to apply to you because you guys, everything's good over here. But in America, we were having some issues. And, and they, they saw several things going on in the church world. Pastors were, as I said a while ago, pastors were isolated. They were lonely. Uh, uh, people who wanted to plant a church, they, there really wasn't any practical direction on that. And, and to be honest, the church had shifted a little bit and become very inward focused. And the culture had shifted. And so the church didn't match that. And here's the thing about the gospel. The gospel never changes. It stays the same. But how you connect with people has to change. 
because the culture shifts. And so in America, there became less and less people that were acquainted with some of the Christian issues. But the church, instead of addressing that, they just became more inward focused. And there was the insider language and, and, and people just weren't getting it. And so they were staying away. And so these guys said, what if we just created something based very much on relationships? What if we helped church planners? And what if we became a little more conscious of the guest? So when guests come in, we're thinking about them. We're thinking, okay, does this make sense? And, 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 and so forth. And, and, and from that, two churches were planted in the first year. Second year, three churches were planted. The third year, five churches were planted, and so on. I, I joined ARC in the fifth year, and we planted nine, and then 16, and then 25, and then 50. And this past year, we planted 120. And so it's really amazing. Now, I say that not to wow you with numbers, but I say that because here's a group of guys that just got together and said, let's talk about the issues. And I would say, that there are conversations that you have, maybe in a coffee shop, and you never know when the Lord might breathe on that, when he may be birthing something. Because what he, what he did in, in, the, in the States, uh, look, he'll do anywhere. And maybe a different way here. We did find, and this was very, very surprising to us because we focused on planting churches in the U.S. We had, we had such a mess in our country, we, were, we sure weren't trying to fix anyone else. But some from Ireland and from Canada approached us and said, wow, what you're doing in the States, we think we could do in our country. And so they formed an ark in Ireland, they formed an ark in, in Canada, and then China came along. They said, we think we could do that. And then uh, South Africa and the Netherlands and Australia. And we've got some other conversations going. I work kind of with that side just to help them contextualize a model and, and all of those things. And, and it's, it's been amazing. China planted 30 churches so far. Uh, and uh, Canada just planted their, their 13th church. And so it's really amazing to see what God is doing all, of the, all over the earth. We're a small sliver of what God is doing. But I'm telling you, what he's done with us, he'll do with anybody. And so just to see what the Lord has in store. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this room of great people. I thank you for this great church. I thank you for the hand of God on it. I thank you for the legacy series, Lord. And I believe the word that I have could be a, a good a, a good conclusion to that. So Lord God, let your word be real. We want to lean in to your word. And, and, and Lord, I thank you for in, inspiring us. I thank you for showing us, Jesus, how you approach people, that it's not difficult, but you were so good at building bridges. So Lord, help us. We, uh, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. So uh, he said I had uh, two, two and a half hours. Is that correct? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> that would be bad, wouldn't it? Uh, look, I want, uh, there's a, a great story in the Bible. Um, this is one of my favorite stories, and I was reading it earlier this week, and uh, Pastor Christian and I were talking, and, and uh, he said, well, why don't you share a little uh, on Sunday morning? And it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's, it's about a man who is really... Uh, to be honest, kind of rough. He had some rough edges. He had some, some real issues in his life. His name's Zacchaeus. If you've been in the church world some, you may have 
heard that story. But if you don't mind, I'm going to read all 10 verses, okay? Are you good with that? All right, 10 verses. Here we go. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says, uh, this is Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a good look at Jesus, but he was short, uh, so he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He is going to be the guest of a a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Now, there are three, I would call it tensions in this story right here. I mean, this great little story, here's a man, Zacchaeus, we, we, we kind of scroll over to the end and Zacchaeus is all of a sudden giving away money and everything's good. But there's some tensions in this story because there's kind of a, to be honest, there's a little clash of, of culture there. The people would have addressed this one way and Jesus addressed it very differently. You know, Jesus can kind of do it a little differently than how we think up here sometimes. And so the first thing, it says it was a big crowd and Zacchaeus could not see. Now, um, I think that's a little picture of, of, of how churches can get sometimes. Here is Jesus coming through the town. Here's a man that really wants to see Jesus, but his view is being blocked by the crowd. And so the crowd was so focused on seeing Jesus now look, you know how it is at a parade. You get there and you've always got the early birds. And the early birds, they got their kids and everybody and they're all blocking up front and you get there late because you've had some other stuff going on. How are you going to see? Well, this guy was too short to see. And so here he is. He's trying to get a view of Jesus, but he can't because of the crowd. I think there were probably, I think there was probably one group that... Uh, may have actually not wanted him to see. I mean, this is a bad dude. He's a, he's a bad guy. He's, he's stolen from people. You know, people come in to pay their taxes, and he says, oh, it's twice that much. You know, he just may have come out with a number and so forth, and they said, man, who is he? he, he I'm not letting him up here. Other may, others maybe were just unintentional. Again, I think it's a picture of the church. When people come in, uh, we want them to see, to be able to see Jesus. And I think a lot of times, now that's what I love about Arena Church, is when people come in, uh, pastor here, he's very intentional. He said, I want everyone to be able to get it. Yeah. That's what you want. You want people to get it. Yeah. 
If you bring a friend, I'll say it this way, if you bring your neighbor, you bring a friend to church, you start thinking in their minds, okay, oh, does that make, oh, that's, that song, I hadn't thought of that, but does that make sense to them? And you become more, more thoughtful, more aware of it. And, but, but here they, they weren't very aware. And, um, and so he couldn't see. Second tension here is Jesus reached out to Zacchaeus even though the man wasn't living right. And this was very frustrating to the people. I mean, uh, really, of all people, Jesus is passing through Jericho. I mean, he's going to have one opportunity to eat lunch. There are some people in that city that love the Lord. Why would he not go and have lunch with them, right? And instead, he picks this bad guy. To, 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 and, and so that was very frustrating to the people. The third thing is that Zach, Zacchaeus was actually much more responsive than they were expecting. Now here's where I'd really like you to zero in. There's a couple of things I'd like you to take away from this. Number one, here's a guy, Zacchaeus, a bad fellow. He's got a lot of issues. And he actually, look how quick that thing turned. I mean, all of a sudden, let's say, that, let's say the guy had a net worth of, 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 of a million pounds. All of a sudden, he's announcing in one fell swoop, I'm going to give 500,000 pounds away today to the poor. Boy, you know the charities would be lining up for that. Now they like the fella. Oh, that's a good guy. I've always liked Zacchaeus. He's really good, you know. This is a great guy. And then he says, if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to give you back four times the amount. So all of a sudden, if you, if you, if you had to overpay your taxes by, uh, by uh, 100 pounds, now you're going to get 400 pounds back. Am I saying that right? All right. So, but, but how quick did that happen? And here's the thing I think that we get. I, I think we forget how much God is working in people. And I'm going to actually call this the process because here is the thing. God is working in people much more than you and I realize. I would love for you and I to go out of the doors today with their antennas up a little more because God is doing things behind the scenes. Think about this guy Zacchaeus. If you saw Zacchaeus on the road that morning and he's headed up to the parade route and he's going up there, you, you would have thought, man, what, what's he doing? Man, why is he going there? But God, this guy has, has this yearning inside to see Jesus. How many people, you, would, you and I would be very surprised at how many people behind the scenes are thinking about Jesus. You were. At some point, the Lord touched your life. But it wasn't just a conversion experience, if, if you know the Lord. It was the process that led up. I would love for you to be excited about that process. Because God has people that he is processing all the way. Now, I'm going to give you five things that Jesus did 
in this process that I think you and I can do. I think, I think the fact that this guy was being drawn to the Lord, but nobody knew, right? So you have a neighbor. They're bringing their, uh, I don't know if they do this in, in here, but in, in, in the States, they bring their trash can out to the street. So on uh, trash night, we call it, everybody's bringing their trash can out. Hey, hey, you know, and they sit there and then they go back. I'm telling you, I look over and, and, and the guy next to me, he may be the Lord's working. There's a process there. Now, watch how Jesus built this bridge. Five things. <clears throat> Number one, it says, when Jesus came by. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacharias. So let's, Zac, Zacchaeus. So let's take the five things. When Jesus came by. So the first word I'm going to assign to that is engage. Engage. When you and I go by. Now, here's the thing. We don't engage everyone, but we engage someone. Okay? I mean, I, I don't know how many people I've met this morning going down at the hotel to breakfast, in the, 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 the people in the little restaurant, how many people I met on the way back up, how many people I've met in here. I'm not engaging everyone. I don't have the capacity for that. But the Lord will, will lead me in a certain direction, and it may be one person. My wife is very good at this. I go in, I, I, I go in to kind of work the room. I love to, I want to meet you, I want to meet you, I want to meet you. I want to meet everybody. My wife just kind of, she kind of goes for that. I don't know. She just is drawn to somebody. She's a friend of somebody. And so some of you, some of you are very people-oriented. Some of you are very task-driven. I'm telling you, the Lord will give you a task-driven person. But there's somebody. So the first thing is he engaged the second thing it says he looked up at Zacchaeus, and 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 uh, and I, I I would I would call this uh, to 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 listen. He he Zacchaeus looked up. Was that my word? What's the next word up there? See, I think I've. That may be a little jet lag. Are y'all there? See, I knew I had the wrong word. It's not listen. Sorry about that. I think it does involve listening. It's value. So the first thing is you're going along, and the Lord just kind of connects you with somebody. You come alongside them. The second word is value. And it says that Jesus looked, looked at Zacchaeus. You know, there's something about looking somebody in the eye. You slow it down just a bit. Because we're all moving, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. But you slow it down just a little bit, and you start listening. The third thing he did, says he called him by name. He personalized. I'll be honest, I like my name. I mean, I, I just inherited it. It's what, what they gave me in life. And I've got one of those names. I can be Mike or Michael. But, I'll, I, you know, somebody says, Mike. Mike. Now, my wife says that a lot. Mike. <laughs> okay, what did I do? <laughs> uh, what did I leave out? What did I know? I like it. Somebody says, hey, Mike, what do you think? Hey, Michael, what, do, what, are, you, what are you doing? Hey, Michael, what's your thoughts about this? 
Michael, I like, I like it when people use, I try to use people's names. The point is, Jesus was getting beyond, he was getting beyond just the mass of people. He had engaged him, he's valuing him by looking at him, and now he's calling him by name. You, this, how did Jesus know his name? I don't know. Was that a Jesus thing, kind of a God thing? You know, he just got it. Maybe he heard it. I wouldn't be offended if he asked somebody, who is that? Because I'll do that. I'll walk in the room. I'll say, now, who is that over there? But Jesus called his name. Look, I don't care who you are in this room, but Jesus knows your name. And I don't care if you're like Zacchaeus. Probably your issues are different than Zacchaeus, but every one of us have issues in this room. And you may have walked in here. You don't know Jesus very well. You, You have this 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 uh, awareness of him, but I'm telling you, he knows your name. The next thing he does is he says, quick, come down. And I call that lean in. In other words, let's get on the same level here. There's something about that. Now, Jesus didn't... Do you, do you see in this passage, Jesus is not sharing some gospel story with him. Jesus is not preaching, saying, you know what, I've noticed that you're a bad guy. You are a bad guy. We knew it up in heaven. We knew it. We knew the day you were born you are going to be a bad guy. No, Jesus doesn't even get into his badness, does he? He doesn't even get into any churchy terms. Jesus said, come down. I want to talk with you. I want to be real with you. Let me ask you this right now. If you, if you were going through an issue, would you go up to the, uh, a stranger at the market and tell them what you're going through? Or are you going to tell somebody that you trust? Somebody that you know wouldn't look down on you? Somebody that would be willing to pray for you? Well, what do you think Jesus is doing here? He's being a friend. Come down, he said. Let's, let's lean in. Let's, let's, I value you as a person. That's so contrary to what some are. I'm just saying religion says you need to behave first. Then you can believe. Then you can belong. Jesus is almost taking the opposite approach. And he says, hey, you can belong. Then I'll help you with the belief. Then we'll get along to the behaving. And so I just think Jesus is painting a picture for us. It's a great story. It's a great story. I'm so glad this one was in the Bible. Because this is the way he treats you. And the way that he wants us to treat others. We can be a friend. Being a friend does not mean you sanction everything that's going on in their life. It means you love them and value them as a person. Right? Everybody good with that? And so he said, uh, uh, come down. And then the last thing he said, I must be a guest in your home today. That's so interesting. Now, I was, uh, we had a conference last week at ARC. I told you about how those six guys, it just kind of grew and grew. Last week we had 4,000 people at our conference. It's mind-blowing. It had been closed. We, we had to shut it down two months before the conference got there. We just ran out of room. Wouldn't, can't imagine. But uh, uh, Carl Lentz, who was a uh, pastor of Hillsong, New York, 
he, he was speaking and he just was, he, he, he cried and he was weeping about his city and how much he loved his city. And he made a very interesting statement. I never thought of this in this context. But he says on Sunday evenings after church, he'll go and he'll take a gift to different business owners and he'll go, uh, go to their place of business. He says, here's my, here's my rule. I would never ask somebody to come into my house, meaning the church, if I'm not willing to go to their house. And I thought about that. Jesus was willing to go to his house. I mean, Jesus got some snarls for that, for going to this man's house, but Jesus valued him that much. I tell you, as a youth, I'm a former youth pastor, and once you're kind of youth pastor, it, it just kind of, kind of stays in your blood. Uh, but I would, I would go to, I would, I, I would go to, um, I would go to the, the homes of my youth, and I'd say, "Man, show, show, you know, where's your bedroom? Where's the living room? I, I want to see, I want to see the." The, the, the bowling trophy or the football trophy or whatever. I want to I I say, oh, you like this rock band, okay. All right, maybe I don't like that, but this is, this is what's going on in your life. Oh, who's this picture? Oh, you took this girl to, to, to the, I don't know what you guys call it here, a banquet, a prom or something. Okay, great. And, I, and they would say, wow, you're interested in that? Yeah, because that's you. And there is something about that when we step into another person's world. I'm telling you, some of you have a neighbor and maybe you've not been in their house yet. You got to be invited, obviously. You can't just (laughs) pop in. But I'm telling you, when you step into their world, maybe you go to a sporting event. Their kids are playing sports. I'm telling you, you kids in, in school... I'm telling you, there's something about connecting with them. Somebody comes to school and they, uh, do you guys have lockers or, you, you know, they slam their books down and, 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 and your first thought is, man, they got a bad attitude. And, and uh, but no, they're broken. Their parents told them the night before they're, they're splitting. And so you pull aside, you come aside them, you, you look at them, you value them. You call their name. You're willing. Hey, come. Hey, let's get on the same level. Let's talk here, man. You're going through it. I want to be a friend to you. Hey, yeah, let's go grab coffee after this. You know what I'm saying? That's Jesus. He knew that Zacchaeus was in the process of coming along to the Lord, and he built that bridge. Now, at the end of it, and I'm going to wind up in just a minute, but at the end of it, the verse 10 the second part, he throws out an interesting phrase. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that what, those who are lost. Here's what I think we forget sometimes is we think in terms that he's saving. Yes, absolutely, the biggest deal. But the fact that he is also pursuing, 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 there is an intentionality that the Lord has to those around us. So I was asking the stats of how many people are connected with church in this area. Well, the percentage is very low. 
But I'm telling you what, God is moving here as much as he's moving anywhere else. There's things happening behind the scenes. There's people that are being stirred up that they walk out of the door, they bring their trash can to the end and they smile and they go back. But I'm telling you, there's a stirring there. And if we can build that bridge, if we can just come alongside, not to everyone, but there's somebody. I would submit to you that every one of us may have someone this week that the Lord brings us aside. And, there's, and, and it, 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 all we need to do is be in a place of relaxation. You don't, have to, you don't need to be tensed up to be a friend. You can be relaxed to be a friend. You're just valuing them. You know what I'm saying? I love this verse from 2 Samuel 14. 14. It's the second part of the verse. But it says, God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from them. God is a strategist. I'm telling you, there are people that you and I know, and maybe you've walked in here today, and God is a, he's been strategizing in your, in your life. You didn't realize what all he was doing, and yet he's, he's, he's right there because he loves you. He knows your name. Jesus likes you. <laughs> he wants to be your friend. And I, when... When, and I'm very moved by this. When I was 21 years old, I was a junior at a university and very happy in my worldly ways. And the Lord just sent someone along that became a friend to me. For three months or more, we just talked every day. See, I'm in process I'd love for you to love the process. Don't be moved by the process. Don't dread the process. Don't think that the process is, is the bad part and finally the guy gets born again. The process is great. God, Why would God send somebody to take three months with me? Because God liked me. And he had a purpose for me. And he knew that I might be useful in the kingdom one day. You know what I'm saying? And then one day, I got on my knees. I was not with the guy. I was not in church. I just got on my knees, and I said, Lord, I need you in my life. I didn't even know the best way to pray. I didn't have a pastor lead me or anything. I didn't know where to read in my Bible. But I prayed, and when I got up, my heart was changed. So I can tell you all day long about how good I felt the moment I got up and my sins were forgiven. But I can also tell you that my God loved me to take three months to get me to that place. So I'm just saying there's a process going on. As you walk out this door, there's a process going on with people. Are you getting what I'm saying? And God wants to use you. I don't care if you don't feel like you're that great at this. You you can be a friend. You can be a friend. I'm telling you. And that friendship is okay because Jesus showed us it was okay. You can love on somebody and you can help them and you can listen to them and you can know their name. Now, I want you to bow your heads for a minute. Before we close, I just want to bring that back. I, I, you, you might have walked in the door and you say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not like that guy, but I've got my own issues. And I just want you to know, 
It does not matter what the issue is. God loves you. He loves you. He knows your name. And he invites you. The Bible says that he knocks at the door of our heart. He just knocks gently. And you hear that and you say, I'm sensing something. I don't know what it is. Well, that's his love. And so he invites you. And I just like to lead you in a prayer. If you say, hey, that's me. I I need loving. I I need that. I need that forgiveness. I want to say a quick prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you or have you come up front or anything. But if you say, that's me, I'd like... I'd like, to, I'd like the Lord. I'd like to know the Lord like that. I'd like him to come into my heart today. Would you slip up your hand? Just wherever you are. Yes. You say, hey, I, just, I need Jesus in my life. I want to lead us in a prayer, if you would. Just right there. I, I'm going to pray. Maybe you lifted your hand. Maybe you didn't, but... Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord, I invite you into my life. I see that you love me. Forgive my sin. Make me clean. I give you my heart. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Yes.